<laughs> I didn't start the show with a proper. Uh... <laughs> All right, well, here we go. Let's uh, hold on. There we go. Using gerrymandering, voter suppression, and other nefarious tactics, the Republican Party has manipulated our electoral system to maintain as much control as possible despite being a party in the minority. Liberal Dan Radio seeks to change that, and I need your help in doing so. Liberal Dan Radio has partnered with Levelfield to help us use tools that are typically only available to big money donors. When you go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution, it will encourage other voters to reach out to their legislators to pass legislation to stop gerrymandering and voter suppression and target elected officials who refuse to protect the vote. Every eligible voter should be able to cast a ballot, and that ballot should have the same power as everyone else. I can't do this alone. I need your help. So please go to stopthecoup.liberaldan.com and make your contribution today. That's stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Stopthecoup.liberaldan.com. Political advertising paid for by Level Field. Contributions are not tax deductible as charitable contributions. Thank you for joining as well. 
Um, I wasn't even sure I was going to have a podcast, but it's simply because of the fact that my home internet has been on and off all evening, and it's been a real pain in the neck. Uh, I, I basically just opted in, so hopefully, hopefully the streaming from my work cell phone hotspot won't be terrible. Uh, that's what I'm hoping, that, that it's not going to be terrible that I'll be able to do a podcast with this network. Um, and not having too many uh, YouTube videos I'm I'll let you know and check that. Let me know if I'm coming to it or if I'm in, uh, if I'm in uh, buffering. Or let me know how to try and rehook back up to my local internet as well. But uh, I'd rather keep one connection for, for this stream. So, anyway, I did want to go ahead and start off uh, the show and go ahead and do. Uh, this week's Hypocrite of the Week, because it's related to what I talked about as well. Uh, so here we go. This week's Hypocrites of the Week are the folks at TikTok who claim to want to make TikTok a safer place and eliminate harassment, but apparently they do not view fat shaming as harassment, bullying, or otherwise violent behavior, despite it clearly being so. Check out my recent video on YouTube to see why. To see who next week's Hypocrite of the Week will be, tune in to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. And even that sounded a little muffed, a little little muffed up to me, so I don't know uh, if that was heard very well from the YouTube folks. Um, yeah, it's uh, basically uh, the hypocrite of the week are the folks over at TikTok, uh, because I've been doing a lot more TikTok. During the pandemic, I did download TikTok, and I don't know there's there's concerns about it being, you know, malware or whatever, but I was, you know, trying to weigh the threats of, of what it might be versus the uh, me trying to grow the brand or whatever. So I'm like, well, if I can try and get uh, some views and followers, maybe it'll be a, a good way to launch uh, more listenership, get more people to, to follow me there, get more people to follow me here. Uh, but anyway, uh, on TikTok specifically, I have been dealing with it's something I've dealt with for a while you know, with um, the fat shimmers, they'll come out and they, uh, they'll come out and, uh, instead of disagreeing with you and trying to have a discussion about the issues, they'll just say, Oh, you're fat. <laughs> or why don't you eat another donut or something? It's, you know, pretty pathetic. It's only who necessarily gets down on my support for my way all the time. And I mean, there's some podcast that I've done. Hey, Bill P. Thank you for joining me. Um, I did when it comes to uh, living life as an obese person in America. Um, so if you're interested in hearing my thoughts about that uh, and hearing my thoughts about, you know, what I've gone through, what I've been through, and potentially what other people go through as well, um, I just recommend listening to that. You know, just put it on in the background, listen while you're doing other things, and you, you'll get to hear um, – hear my thoughts here some other people chime in as well with you know in the chat and I repeat what they say and kind of reiterate what they say they kind of reiterate what I say based on their life experiences or what have you um but ultimately fat shaming body shaming is not something that I that I support not something I get into and and it's it's important to to take into consideration just because of the fact that one of the things that I'll bring up uh I brought I bring it up in the in the YouTube video in in the three-hour podcast that I did I also I've brought it up on TikTok as well. But one of the things that people really don't know or really don't understand when it comes to fat shaming is a lot of people 
who um, there, there's a, there's a large correlation, I should say, uh, between people who are obese and people who've suffered at the hands of childhood abuse, be it physical and or sexual abuse. And a lot of the times people will, you know, because it happens when they're young, they don't have the access to alcohol, they don't have the access to the drugs that some other adults might have if they're trying to medicate themselves and, and, and deal with, you know, their depression. So what do they have? They have sweets, they have sugary drinks, they have cookies and, and other food that is bad for you, but tastes so, so good and makes you feel a lot better about the things. And so they'll, you know, shovel food in their mouth and use it as a coping mechanism. And uh, so that's why you tend you, and that just feeds unhealthy behaviors, which then go on into, into adulthood. And then they're hard. Those behaviors are hard to break. I'm not saying that everybody obese, is that who is obese is so because of abuse. I'm not saying that everybody who's abused uh, is obese, uh, but there is a large correlation. There's more people, you know, there's a strong correlation there between abuse suffered. And, and specifically, one of the things that go into is that there's studies that show that if you, you know, a young woman, like young women who were abused, uh, especially sexual abuse, they, um, they might decide to start eating more just because they feel it might make them look less attractive. And, and that's something that they'll do. And of course, that, you know, it's, it's not a healthy thing to do at all. Um, so when, when these people start fat shaming, um, thank you, Bill P. We have the weight challenge brotherhood stick together. I discussed that on House Box yesterday. Thank you, Bill. Um, you know, so when you, you when these people choose to fat shame instead of discussing the topics at hand, uh, they could very well be being mean to somebody who is overweight, not because of just simple poor life choices or because of other issues that are that are potentially preventable. But it's because of the fact that they've had to deal with abuse, and, and you're, you're basically insulting people who've dealt with abuse, um, and you're making it even worse. And as I've said on my video, uh, on, on the YouTube video that I posted about this, it's also a form of violence, because if you know that mocking and ridiculing and otherwise shaming somebody for being obese um, is, is something that's going to cause them harm, either by them being more likely to commit suicide or them being more likely to just Again, continue self-medicating, making themselves larger. Um, you're 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 causing harm to somebody with your actions. That's violence. So unfortunately, yes, Aaron, you can be in the siblinghood of of largesse. I guess that's what I'd put it. The, the siblinghood of largesse. Uh, so and, and you know, and I, I will like you know, I'm the type of person who does make self-deprecating fat jokes and. And, and honestly, there's to me the difference not. And that's fair. I I can have I can hear that person. I can hear somebody make it funny and if they're doing it to be funny I'm not even the person that you can But there's people who do the fun down and not do it before they do it mean. Do it See, Bill P. I have a trend over anti rejection meds add to the weight gain. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, 
part of my weight gain early on was after Katrina. Uh, the only thing, you know, that we had readily available to us to eat all the time are MRE. And MRE are very packed in calories. And they don't really warn you about that. So I'm just sitting there eating away at the MREs and just floating up. A lot of times also in our, in our health industry and in the healthcare industry, um, my current doctor, and I'm very sad because at the end of this month, my current general practitioner is going away to France. So he's lucky that he's getting to move to France and away from Gilead. Uh, but he's also, you know, fortunate that he gets to go to France in general. But he was one of the good ones. He is one of the doctors who will look at you and you'll say, you know, he'll look at your conditions and look at your overall. But like, let's say you have, I don't have high blood pressure, but let's say you had high blood pressure. Or let's say you had, you know, a high A1C. Mine was just slightly elevated above what you would want to see. If you had all of those um, things, a lot of doctors would say, well, let's make you less obese and then look, and then that'll treat your conditions. But my doctor, soon to be ex-doctor, is basically the type of doctor that says, let's treat your conditions because those conditions are probably contributing uh, to the um, – those conditions are probably contributing to the fact that you are obese. And so if you treat conditions, you're less likely to be overweight. And then there's issues. Like my knee has been killing me for – since like mid-February. And it, it, it's getting better. I've I followed my doctor's advice. I've been, I've been doing the stretches he told me to do to help strengthen my leg and strengthen the muscles in my leg so that it's less pressure on my knee. And it's working. It's great. You know, thanks. I mean, it still hurts a little bit, but it's much better than what it was before. I don't need a cane right now. Um, but when you have so, – so it's just sometimes a self-fulfilling, self-perpetuating cycle, which is rather unfortunate. Um, I hope the doctor that I do end up getting – um, will be at least somewhat close to as good as um, my current doctor is. Um, let's see, Bill P., something I have until now haven't discussed publicly. I'm also one of the 93,000 victims of scouting. I'm very hard, sorry to hear that. I, I was in scouting. Um, there were maybe a couple of scoutmasters that I thought were, were, were as, as the kids would say today, um, Fortunately, that's not, or fortunately, I'm not part of the, that number, but it was one of the reasons why I was slightly hesitant to send, uh, hey, Jolie, thank you for joining. Uh, it was one of the reasons I was kind of hesitant with my older kids at Boy Scouts. Uh, they were forming a scout troop in uh, the school. Um, one of the other reasons was just that when I was in Boy Scouts, it was at a synagogue, and we weren't strictly Jewish, but most of us were Jewish. Um, so there wasn't really a level of uncomfortableness when it came to religion and when it came to everything. And, but I was also, you know, going to Hebrew day school at the time. I was, I was, I was more practicing at the time. So it didn't bother me to, but we didn't really do much in the form of religious stuff that I, that I really recall. It was, it it wasn't a, it wasn't a troop for the purpose of evangelizing Jewishness, although Judaism doesn't evangelize. But um, to me, the feeling that I get from some of the scout, scout masters that I've seen down here is that it's boy scouting to, you know, promote, you know, belief in God. And I really don't want to have my kids um, being proselytized to and scouting when they're trying to learn, you know, on my honor to do my death and do my duty to God and country. I've got a lot to keep myself. Uh, uh, sometimes I forget what the last one. Morally, something morally great is one, you know. Oh, Daily.
Daily News has joined the chat. Welcome, Daily News, uh, my favorite conservative listener. Uh, you know, there might be some competition with some of the other people on this channel. Uh, um, number seven did not You usually want the news. Black and PR Scott was Protestant spots tonight. I can only imagine. I get. I. I, I mean. I, I guess I can't. But I can only imagine what. What. What that must have been like. I know. Go do certain camping trips where they would try and make a camping slot a Saturday night or something, or to make it so that they. Um, that they didn't have to travel on a Friday morning. Uh, whatever. Anyway, this is getting way off off bounds. But you know, that happens. I'm talking about one thing and. And it talks about lots of other things as well. Um, I do want to get out to uh, um, the first liberal and radio patron, uh, to Angie and to Cesar, all the people that support are supporting liberal and radio on Patreon. I appreciate you very much. Um, I was shirt that uh, that is going to have. I may see if you're a dollar per month. Issue uh, again because there's been some debate, I guess, over 
what we're all basically acting as if it's a set deal and, and it probably is. And that Rose going away. Um, I don't know if we can apply enough pressure to force them to, to not, um, if we can apply enough pressure to force them to, you know, not go through with it and to change the ruling and to make it so that the, the ruling doesn't repeal Roe altogether or something. I don't know. Um, Roberts could potentially step in there maybe and say, look, I'm not going to join you, but if you want to make stronger rules, stronger ruling, maybe we'll uphold Mississippi without overturning Roe, um, which is it could happen, but I don't. I'm not holding my breath. Uh, a lot of people seem to think that Obergefell, uh, the Hodges, is the next up, that is the next to be challenged. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I agree that Obergefell is next. I think it would be much harder to do Obergefell, and not that I, not that I don't think this activist conservative Supreme Court would want would not want to overturn Obergefell. I think they would gleefully do so, clearly, um, because they are activist conservatives and who don't believe in stare decisis, despite many of them saying they do. Uh, but what I do think is that it, it, it would be much harder. Like, one of the arguments that Alito made in this horribly written ruling was that something is uh, being a tradition. And I don't know how something can be 50 years of a something in this country and not be considered a tradition like abortion rights have been. But you have the situation where, you know, you, people aren't like continuously in the state of abortion. As such, not kind of when you, you're really marginalizing a thing with and other folks who will have abortion have that choice allowed for them but it's it, to me like if people are already married who are states to convince to do it I just think they'll find out if it'll find it to be a harder path to get there to doing it. However, things like Griswold v. Connecticut, where they could nix birth control pills, or at least some state could ban birth control pills and then have it be challenged or, or, or limit birth control pills severely and have that rule be challenged and then have that go before Supreme Court. And since the Supreme Court said that uh, Roe was not founded on good logic and Roe was based in part on Griswold, as such, Griswold wouldn't be founded on good logic according to Alito and the rest of those clowns. And as such, you put the ability for people to get birth control pills um, out of reach. You, you make it harder for them to do that. And then what happens? Then you, then you end up having more unwanted pregnancies, and then you have more people who need abortions. So then you criminalize a bunch of people who get abortions if they do go ahead and get it, because one of the things that one of the states was talking about was not just banning abortion, banning people, conceive like, I think it's Missouri. If you conceive in Missouri and you want to, and Missouri bans abortion, and if that's a felony, then guess what? You lose your right to vote in Missouri as because you're a felon, and therefore you no longer get to take, get to take part in the process. And the older and whiter and more male the electorate is, the more likely you're going to see Republicans get elected. And that's the only way that Republicans can stay in power as a minority party is by making sure that they keep the electorate as old and as white 
uh, and as male as they can. Um, Daily News, Biden administration is starving us Americans anyways. I have a words of redneck wisdom that kind of touches on that conspiracy theory. Uh, We'll get to that. Um, Loving versus Virginia is also on their racist table. Alita was talking about 15th and 16th. Yeah, if if you, Bill, if you, if you happen to see my one from last, I think it was a show from last Monday. I did, I did a emergency type of show where I went live on YouTube only. And I I talked about that. I was going over the whole, oh, 13th century laws, you know, all that good stuff. And then, and then my, uh, and then my, uh, what was it? Then I, I called into house show or how was subbing in for somebody else and somebody else's show. And I called in the house show and was basically talking about how, you know, well, they, they talked about a 17th century law as well. That was, or a discussion that took place in the 17th century in, in British parliament. And I'm like, bringing out my, my, my conservative type of, we fought a war to be able to tell them British people to kiss our butts and how we're, we shouldn't be talking about the, the, what they talked about in Parliament. That's not relevant to what we're doing today in this country. So, let's see. Daily News, you have I'm with stupid shirts. What are you talking about? I don't know what that is. Uh, Bill P. I live in Virginia. Jerry Falls, moral majority, has been going after interracial marriage since the 80s. So, yeah, I mean, they also think that loving versus Virginia. One of the bizarre things, I'm no longer Facebook friends with this guy, but this guy would call in. To, he would also be somebody who calls into a lot of local talk radio stations. And he was against, um, you know, gay marriage. He was against, obviously, clearly against Obersville v. Hodges. But a lot of the arguments that were used in uh, to justify a ban on gay marriage, it was just a ban marriage. And he was white and he was married to a black woman. And I'm like, what the hell is your problem? You know, you realize that the same logic that you're using right now was used against you, but you would not be able to be married to your wife right now if those arguments were valid arguments to be made. Um. Hide in the shadows is making some terrible jokes. In the chat, I'm not going to repeat them. Um, so let's see. Is that a joke? Because it's pretty rude. The news depends on what side of the air is. Now, I always thought it'd be funny to, for two people, for a couple, to get "I'm with stupid" shirts. Um, but like, have the arrows like like so. Here's one person. Here's the other person. But have the arrows pointing this way, so both of them would clearly be stupid. You know, I, I, that would be a funny thing for a couple to do. Um, but let's see. Let's not mock uh, people, persons with disabilities, please. Um, I, I, I don't. Just like we shouldn't be fat shaming. We shouldn't be shaming folks or making jokes. Now, again, as I said, making jokes that are funny, funny, fine. Making jokes at the expense of people for who they are, how they're born, or their current life condition, not good. Um, daily news don't mock safe spaces either I mean it's it's safe spaces are legitimate things because you know what happens the reason safe spaces are created is because people act in a way that makes people unsafe so that's why so people who are in marginalized communities feel like 
the only way that they can, can be safe is to be in places where people respect for who they are and not have to attack them. That's why things are are important to have. We should understand. I'm sure probably my CRTs have been on one of my recent Sparklers. And if I hear about what we call tens of all the just be master debaters is what you go with. But if you have if you have ideas, let me know in the chat. Send me an email. Just let me know what you think uh, about what you know. Fans of liberal. I don't have as you know a, a good last name. Zimmerman doesn't really flow into something like House Sparks versus Sparklers. So um, Daily News. How would they know that you left the state to get an abortion? Um, I don't know how they would know. But then again, how – like there are people who are guys who complain about getting abortions. They're like, well, they shouldn't be able to abort my child. I'm like, well, how do you know it's your child? How do you know? Maybe she cheated on you. I said on Facebook – I think I said it on Twitter. I know I said it on Facebook. I said, look, if, 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 somebody, if, a, if a state passes a law that says that – the person who is the sperm donor gets to decide whether or not you can get an abortion or they have a say in controlling whether or not you have an abortion, I will volunteer and say, hey, I also had sex with this person. Therefore, you can't know who is, who is the semen provider, who is the sperm donor, and as such, nobody would be able to in, interfere with the ability of the individual to get an abortion because you couldn't prove um, beyond, not even not beyond reasonable doubt, but you couldn't prove with a preponderance of an evidence which one it was if there's a choice between two people. It's as simple as that. And I think everybody who, who is somebody who could help uh, spring forth life in such a way, try not to be too graphic about the whole thing, um, but if, if you are a sperm, if you could potentially have been a sperm donor, even if you didn't have sexual relations with the person, volunteer yourself. Say, hey, I also, you know, I also had sexual relations with you, just to make sure that some crazy white ring, white winged whack job can't prevent you uh, from utilizing your bodily autonomy right. That I want to have a lot of have a lot in these discussions. You'll have high holy rollers who who are insanely concerned with the life of the embryos that are in the people. Those are not these people per se, but there are other people who will make the argument. Well, they'll start making the argument by saying, well. If I'm the father, I should be able to have to, ter- to determine whether or not an abortion takes place. So I should be able to stop any abortion from taking place if I'm the father. And normally you would say, well, this is just about control. They just want to control the people who are pregnant. 
Um, but it, it's not really that. What happens is, and I've had this been so many times, it's, it's disgusting how, how I can predict it. I can kind of force the argument to go there because I know, because they don't say the silent part unless you force it out of them. And the silent part of those type of people, those red pill uh, men going their own way, men's rights activist types, will, will go from, I should be able to stop an abortion if, 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 if somebody wants to get an abortion and it's my, and it's my kid. Ignoring the fact that you can't know for certain. But they will go from there, and they will find the convoluted way. Once you prove to them, once, once you make a good enough argument in their mind that, that, okay, fine, you don't get to have a say for whatever reason, the next comment out their mouths is, well, then I shouldn't have to pay child support if I don't want the kid. So it goes from, it goes from they shouldn't be able to abort my kid to I shouldn't I shouldn't be able to pay for a kid that I don't want. If they don't if they can get rid of the kid that they don't want, I shouldn't be able to I shouldn't be able to support the kid that I want. And that's what it goes for. It goes from because that's ultimately what their their final goal is of these types of anti choicers of forced birthers. They're not really forced birthers. They just want to get out of paying child support. But it's not fair. You have one set of rules for the women and others for the men, what they'll say because they can't understand that non-binary folks and trans men can also be pregnant, which is why I try to be as gender neutral as possible when I'm discussing this issue. But here's the thing. Uh, People who can gestate take on more risk when it comes to pregnancy than those who provide the sperm. If If you have to gestate, you know, you have to deal with the potential threat of anything health-wise happening to you over the next nine months that are detrimental to your health. And you might, you can't know if something's going to happen. You might know that you're higher risk. Maybe you know you have a higher risk of preeclampsia. Maybe that runs in your family. Um, maybe you don't want to take that risk. Maybe you want to get to the point where you get preeclampsia, and instead you want to just pre- prevent it altogether. I mean, probably it's not in my business why a person gets an abortion, but, you know, it's just one reason. But maybe, you know, they don't want it to take on the, the medical costs that come with uh, child gestation and childbirth. Maybe they don't want to have to deal with all that. Maybe they have other, other things. Maybe they don't, want, they don't want to take a break from their job, or maybe they think it'll hurt their career. Whatever reason. I mean, it's valid. But it's more risk that the person who's gestating has to take. And one thing I don't think that gets talked about enough is not just the health risk, but that financial risk. The fact that, you know, you might, you do hear, when somebody decides to give birth, can then sue for child support from the, from the sperm donor. If sperm donor doesn't want to be involved in the, in the kid's life, um, then they could typically get it if you could prove paternity. But, big but, I never hear of anybody getting funds. Maybe I'm wrong, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I never hear of anybody uh, getting funds uh, from the sperm donor to cover the health care costs, to cover the costs of, you know, that, that belong. Not, not just the health care costs, loss of hours. If you can't get to work because you're feeling bad because of pregnancy, how the pregnancy affects you. But, you know, any cost that you have to do, if it's not covered as part of your insurance costs, maybe you have to pay a copay. Maybe you have to pay a deductible, maybe you have no insurance. I don't know. 
But all those costs that are involved with pregnancy, with, with, with delivering a child, I never hear anything about the uh, guy having or the individual who donated the sperm having to pay up that their share of that money too. So it's another example of a financial risk that individual who is carrying a fetus might have to deal with, and, has, and they should be forced to deal with it. So, but the guys will, will, who are trying to make these arguments will, will make you go all the way around on this argument, and then at the end of the day say, well, I should, if, 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 if they can, well, they'll win in a gender in, in, in a gendered way, they'll it like, well, if she can abort the pregnancy, then I should be able to get out of paying child support because that's their ultimate goal. They want to be able to get out of paying child support, and they want to use a person's right to choose an abortion to do that, even though, again, the two are dissimilar when it comes to the risks. So let's see. Justice Thomas and has a white wife. Maybe that's why loving versus Virginia wouldn't get over. Maybe I don't know. I mean, by that logic, it's probably that's probably the most logical thing you've said. This is not to insult you, Daily News. This is not to insult you, but this is probably the best point you've ever made on the podcast. I'm not saying you've made you have made good in the past. I'm just saying that's probably the best point you've made on the podcast. Is that the reason Loving versus Virginia? may not get overturned is because if Loving versus Virginia gets overturned, then uh, guess what? Justice Thomas could have to get a divorce from his wife. Unless he's looking for an easy way to get out of it. Unless he's going, hmm, if I divorce her, I have to give her half. But if the state says my marriage is not legal to begin, then I don't have to give her nothing. The marriage be dissolved and the, and the state recognize my marriage to begin with. So, so, so if, if Clarence Thomas really, really does love his wife and wants to stay with his wife till death do they part, then yeah, sure, Justice Thomas won't, uh, won't vote overturn and might join the three liberal justices and Roberts to, to uphold Loving versus Virginia. But if, if it is odd chance, Justice Thomas is tired of his wife and doesn't want to give her half, you'll see him go, well, Love versus Virginia wasn't well-founded, so I'm going to go with conservatives, and I'm going to go with Elise Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, and Barrett, and we're going to overturn Loving versus Virginia. I guess my marriage is no longer valid, so you no longer get half. Sorry, dear. Uh, that, that, that's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> Sorry. Um, how did you, can we sue the condom manufacturer that made the condom that broke Fred Trump used over 75 years ago? <laughs> uh, do we know that Fred Trump is using a condom? I mean, Fred Trump's so old, he might have been using the uh, sheep intestines and not latex, not Trojans or whatever brand of condoms are available. Then. He might have just you know, killed a lamb, pulled out the intestines and made his own handmade condom. Um, the JFT, MFHB, yes, they are pro-life, they are pro-birth, they are pro-forced birth, even. Um, pro-forced birth. But unfortunately, they've, 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 they do have their, their little in the vernacular as such, so they fall on what they call themselves, which is, um, but it's not. They're not pro-life, clearly. Clearly not pro-life. 
Uh, Jolie, which state's ridiculous, overstepping, misogynistic, anti-woman, abortion laws are we talking about? I got here late. Pretty much just all of them. I mean, you know, we have, you know, differing laws coming up in differing states. Louisiana. Louisiana, there's a weird one. There's a there's the Louisiana House bill. I forget the number. I think it's 813 or something like that. Louisiana has a bill that, that passed committee and is going to the House and will probably be passed. This bill, you know, I've been saying that conservatives are hypocrites when it comes to uh, these so-called pro-life laws because they don't treat – they'll call abortion murder, but they won't treat abortion as if it was murder. Well, as if someone – maybe somebody was listening to me, and I'm sorry if that was the case. Uh, but what happens is now Louisiana is going to – is trying to pass a law that would make the punishment for anybody obtaining an abortion, not just those performing it, anyone obtaining an abortion, would be able to get charged with homicide and, and treated exactly like a murder, which is weird. What's weirder – and this is the kicker I don't know why this is so weird – the weirder thing is that there's a Louisiana, the Louisiana Right to Life Alliance, or whatever, whatever it's called, one of the main, one of the biggest Louisiana anti-choice, anti-abortion, anti-women's rights organizations, came out against the bill. Why did they come out against the bill? They say that it goes too far. The Right to Life group says that the abortion bill goes too far. Mind freaking blown! I could not believe that when I saw that, and it's true. And uh, and our governor, who is a Democrat but also supports bans on abortion, uh, was basically going to hold my nose in the in the in the election booth twice, or maybe even four times. I had to hold my nose four times because we have prim- open primaries here in Louisiana. The first time I had to hold my nose. Well, I don't know if I voted for him. I don't know if I voted for him in the in the in the primary election back in the first election, but I did vote for him in the runoff. So it was him against David Vitter, and I wasn't voting for serious Vitter, David Vitter. But then in the last election, I know I voted for him in the primary and the runoff. So that's at least three times I had to hold my nose and vote for him. But even he, who is supports banning abortion as a Democrat, even he says that this law goes too far. Well. So you have the the anti-choice Democratic governor of Louisiana who says that, you know, he doesn't think his law is constitutional. He doesn't think it's the right way to go about it. You have the Louisiana Rights of Life organization saying that you should not punish, they, as they say, you shouldn't punish the woman for having them, for, for making this choice. They're just trying to, they're trying to punish the providers, not the women who get them. I don't ask me. Hey, more people that oppose these draconian bills. Uh, let's see. Bill P. Jesus and babies cry of the Trumplican cult. Uh, all of the kids that are killed with guns are a mother child. Yes, absolutely, Bill P. That's correct. Um, and also, I think I have to get used to saying things like under his eye, uh, because this is we're, we're becoming much more like Gideon, especially with the words of that Amy Coney Barrett said. And uh, or was it Amy Barrett, or it was part of the ruling? Um, it was like the nation's stock of infants, or something. This is uh, Alito. Or, let's see, Alito. Uh, 
stock. But stockpile of children. I don't know what what the word. I I, I, always, I get it wrong. I always get it wrong. Like I I don't seem to have the wording right. Somebody can remind me the show. It's exactly the word. Um, exact words that that Alito used uh, when it came. Um, the reason children basically saying um, the individuals who are getting pregnant are basically and and uh, are, are only good for breeding purposes. And look, if that's your kink, if you're into that sort of kink, I'm not going to shame you for that. But keep it in private and and don't make that the law of the land. Um, let's see. Roe versus does not give anyone the right to abortion. It gives a person privacy right between patient and doctor to have the procedure. Daily news. Well, I mean, sh- sure, but the, the the ruling from Alito basically said made the bad, horrible argument that abortion is not a right because it's not listed in the Constitution. When, as we all know, as we all heard last week, and as I can put up again, Amendment 9, the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights should not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. So just because it's not enumerated doesn't mean it's not a right. And I'll continue to repeat that over and over and over again. Let's see. See if I could scroll down here and try and find that post. Somebody responded to it. If I find that person's name, I'll be able to... that one? I don't know if it's that one or not. Nope, it's not that one, unfortunately. Uh, we'll, we'll keep looking for that one. But the wording on it was just so abhorrent that I just don't get the idea why people would even make that argument that, you know, basically that people who can get pregnant are breeding stock, basically. They're only good there for one purpose, and that's to create a, a nation, national stockpile of children. It's gross, but I can't find the I can't find the link off the top of my head. Or I, I, while as I scroll through uh, these comments uh, or my notifications on Facebook, and I think I think gone past where it might have been. So I don't know if the post got taken down or what have you, but. Let's keep going over the comments. Hi, Nishana. They're just cult followers who sell out their country and other people the delusion. They'll even spin lies to push the cult later if they have to. True. Um, Christian healthcare companies won't cover out-of-wedlock maternity care. Uh, Why not let the people in states decide with their vote? Daily News. Rights should not be determined on a state-by-state basis. We have a constitutional right to equal protection under the law. The Constitution guarantees us that we can have equal protection under the law which means that if, if something is the right in one state, it should be a right in the other state. It should be a right nationwide. And rights don't come from government. Remember, if when people vote, people are voting on behalf of their government, using the power of state government to do so. So the only thing that the people should be able to vote for are those issues that are granted to the state via the Tenth Amendment, because otherwise they don't have the power to work on those things. But powers are not rights. And if you have a right, the individual should not be able, should not be able to vote on Rights. It's one of the, another one of the big problems with the Alito ruling. Uh, the, the the text of the Alito ruling is that he makes arguments that individuals should have proof for the court why they have rights. They have proof for why they have the authority to prevent people from doing particular To me, the real conservative of limited government looking at things should the latter. Individuals having to prove why a certain action should, not, should be considered a right. 
by default, actually can direct and encourage to prove that they have a like murder. Sure, rape. Sure, there are plenty of issues where it's very easy to say we are protecting a person from other persons. And you're protecting a person from another person is because the, the, the other person didn't consent to what happened, be it murder or, or rape or what happened, theft. All of it is a matter of consent. I didn't consent to you having my items. I didn't consent to you violating me personally. I didn't consent to you murdering me. So government clearly has a role to play when it comes to dealing with those things. So if government has the right, basically, authority to step in and prevent people from violating other people's ability to consent. Let's see. that keeps them Thank you for joining us as well. 
No, there we go. Scroll down, Bill P.S. But Dan said trans men getting pregnant. Yes, trans men are people who were assumed to be female at birth, but they are trans, so they are trans men. Uh, Bill D. It was an honor to have President Biden make an appearance at an office in my IBEW convention. That is really awesome. I've seen him talk in person. It's, it's great. I didn't get to meet him or shake him. I love some day. Mike worked on his initial uh, campaigns for Senate because I was born in Delaware. My grandparents lived in Delaware. And when he ran for the Senate, they helped him on one of his conventions. One of the reasons, you know, even though they weren't alive, they, they most very recently passed away, like 2019, 2017, like, or 2018. Like, they very, very recently passed away. They would have been thrilled with the fact that he won uh, the presidency. They wanted to see him. I think they, were, they wanted to see him win in 2008 fine with Obama. Um, I think they would have liked to have seen him run in 2016, but obviously uh, you had the issue of Bo Biden and his untimely passing. Uh, so my grandparents really just spoke, gushed about how good of a person that Joe Biden was. And um, even though he wasn't my first choice, uh, I was more of a Warren person at the very beginning of the primaries. Again, I was I was very happy to see that he wanted it, and it brought it to my eye on the inauguration day because I just thought um, I thought uh, of how happy my parents would have been to see reach that off to skate a lot of things. Although um, there are people who will say that uh, were the rule made was high to the rules craft. Question everything. Joining liberal and right. What happened to small government? No government overreach. Conservatives right now they're banning books, telling women what they can and do with their bodies. Well, I mean, I think, I can think conservatives. The conservative claim that they like small government is, I think, based on the idea that if it's small enough, it can fit into a vagina. Um, but uh, yeah, I've often found their small government thing to be hypo- hypocritical because we want small government except for in the areas that we don't. Um, see, all this book banning dumbed down to the masses, critical thinking skills are anti-ethical to gender the right wing, theocrats and autocrats. I mean, Donald Trump did say, I love the poorly educated. I did very well with the poorly educated. I love the poorly educated. Clearly. I mean, you are one of them. Bill Deacon, more like 2,000 morons. I, I mean, plenty, lots of more, but it's more than 2,000, let me tell you. <laughs> I tell you what, there are, there are many more than 2,000 morons, but uh, from what I haven't seen it yet, I'm really tempted to do kind of a watch-through and upload my synopsis of what I, what I think when I see the video uh, from things that I've seen about the 2,000 mules thing is that it's a lot of illogical leaps. Like, I think they bought cell phone data cell phone tracking data. So it's not connected to any individual person, but you say, okay, here's this, here's phone A. Phone A did this and went around town. Phone A, like, passed by a a drop box more than, like, like 10 times and then went to a nonprofit, like, five times. That was evidence. It was clear that there was proof. They proved their case, apparently, supposedly, whatever. Um, yeah, whatever. Let's see, Julius Vincent, conservatives don't want small government despite using it as a talking point. Right, well, conservatives don't want a lot of things. I think conservatives don't want to, don't want 
to ban abortions for themselves neither. Because I guarantee you, if one of those, you know, sex parties that Madison Cawthorn was talking, excuse me, one of those sex parties Madison Cawthorn was talking about, if they get one of their mistresses pregnant, I guarantee you, if abortion was illegal across the country because they got their bill passed, that law, I guarantee you that they would go ahead and uh, ship their mistress off to some place where abortion was legal. That's for damn sure, because the laws don't apply to rich people, and the laws clearly don't apply to the Republicans, because they, they don't they don't they don't think about the repercussions of the rules. They just they just don't think that they have to follow their own rules. And usually it's the people who are the most loud about things that are the ones who are the most hypocritical about it. As you said, David Vitter, he was talking about all the sins and people who cheat. The people who cheat on your wives should have to resign from office. They should absolutely resign. He called for Bill Clinton to resign. And then it turned out that Bob Livingston, uh, the, the, the congressman from the 1st Congressional District of Louisiana, he cheated on his wife because thanks to Larry Flint, found that out. And then David Vitter was like, yes, Bob Livingston, you should resign too. Go, leave. And then what happened? David Vitter was cheating on his wife. And he was he was loud, but he never resigned because his rules that he made up don't apply to him. Um, very anti-LGBT in a men's bathroom. Aaron was pregnant by one of the 2,000 mules. <laughs> Daily news, it seems to me that any medical procedure should be upheld by HIPAA privacy in one's business. You're just saying that because you don't want to have vaccines in anybody's business, right? Daily news, is that, is that why you're saying that? Because you, you because I don't agree with the idea that a, an injection of vaccine is a medical procedure, but I, I have a feeling that's where you're going with that, right? Daily news, am I, am I correct? Did, did I guess it properly or am I wrong? See, Congressman Bill Bob Barr, the Quinn-led prosecution, paid for second wife's abortion. Yeah, because they don't believe that rules apply to them. Not whatsoever. Wow, it's like almost an hour into the show, and I haven't gotten to my label. I've been taking a single commercial. I've been talking straight with just a minor. And again, people think are here in support of their Go ahead and skip commercials this week, though. I appreciate the comment. Even though most, if not most, commercials are either promoted by my friends or what I'm doing. So in reality, I'm promoting of myself in the middle. If you are if you're watching the video, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to like the video. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. Make sure to share. Uh, liberal stuff from Liberal Dan Radio here on YouTube with your friends if you think I make a good point. Um, spread the word far and wide that Liberal Dan Radio is uh, one of the best shows that you watch or listen to on YouTube. I'm not gonna say the best because you know I'm not, I'm not that vain, and I know there are other good ones that y'all like as well. So, um, Aaron West, the vaccine is public health, not a medical procedure. I agree with you. Um, Daily News, ah, oh, my bad, Dan thought it was the other way around. See, uh, see, I thought that's, but see, I think that's what you, I think that that was your point, right? Right? Am I right or am I wrong? Um, so, P, there was no one back in the fifties. There was one back in the fifties started a few babies. His name was Blue Moon, which was hilarious. 
Blue Moon of Kentucky, keep on shining. Shine on the one that's gone and let me move. I said Blue Moon of Kentucky, keep on shining. Shine on the one that's gone and let me move. Anyway, my dad singing for the day. <laughs> uh, all right, maybe maybe you'll get some more singing later. Who knows? Um, I'm glad you like it, Julie. I appreciate that. I appreciate the compliment. I, I, that's what I try to do. I try to be informative. And um, one of the things that I've actually tried is I try to listen to Hal more, Hal Sparks more, simply because of the fact that I don't want to duplicate what he's saying on podcast or the, the and I was like, were you looking at the show because I was talking about progressives and leftists and liberals and, and what the difference are, what the difference is between the two or the three and why I think while I have some criticism to discuss the criticism that with either that we have more with right now, so maybe nitpicky about things like for example one of the memes i've seen is you can call somebody who is a quote leftist anything just don't call you can call them a socialist you can call them a communist you can call them this that the other just don't call them a liberal and the first time i ever heard somebody's go i'm not a liberal i'm a leftist i was like um and i understand why the difference is now i understand that you know that it's just more, you know, people, leftists are, you know, liberal, going from my right to left, you know, they're center, liberal, progressive, leftist. Now, I call myself liberal man. And the reason I call myself liberal man is because somebody else called me liberal man. I'd call up to a local, uh, another, di- a different conservative talk show than the one I usually get my clips from. This talk show is not in existence right now. Uh, but this guy, his name is John Osterland. He used to go by Ozone up north. I uh, used to be friends with a duo of Opie and Anthony. Um, and I didn't know that at the time. When, 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 but I'd been like, hey, it's Dan. At the time, I think I lived, started living in Kenner. I think I was living in Kenner. I was like, hey, it's Dan from Kenner. <clears throat> and I'd call him in driving in. And he'd be like, ooh, look at this. It's liberal Dan. And hey, liberal Dan, what's going on? And we'd have their conversation. I'd make my points, and we'd go. And it was one time. We were at a in arena football league game, and they were doing a live broadcast. Their channel was doing a live broadcast from there, and I sat down next to him, and we did about 45 minutes of radio, and he was and he was really impressed that I was able to do the radio show. I'm like, people have a voice for you. They don't say face on that. Um, but um, then I moved on and started having this podcast and whatever. But he called me liberal then, and, and it kind of stuck because – there was there. I, w- I would meet people who listened to the show. I was like, yeah, I also listen to the show, you know, whatever. And I, I call in. I'm liberal Dan. They'd be like, oh my god, you're liberal Dan. I can't believe I just met liberal Dan. I'm like, what? I'm not a celebrity. This is silly. And but enough people got excited over meeting liberal Dan. Uh, hey, Kinky Streets, what's going on? Um, a lot of people were so excited to meet liberal Dan. Where I had, I went ahead and I registered the domain name. I got the the blog talk radio thing going. I, I started investigating. Um, items that I could, you know, places where I could start doing a, a radio show. And so I, did, I ended up on Blog Talk Radio. Now I'm doing both on Blog Talk Radio and on YouTube. Um, I think YouTube's the better venue for most things, but Blog Talk Radio does allow me to have my little sound bank that I get to play. Um, so there's that, which is nice. But the um, 
little brain fart. The but but it, even though I'm called liberal Dan, in reality I I like to call myself um, a pragmatic progressive. So what's a pragmatic progressive? It's you no, know, I personally, as I said before, I like Medicare for all. I think Medicare for all is a good deal. Uh, I like universal basic income. A lot of things that I would like to have. Lots of things that are like to have. But there's also the idea that I understand that sometimes incrementalism is a thing and you need to do things incrementally sometimes to get to where the ultimately where you want to go. You can't just get everything you want up front. And one of the problems I have, though, one of the problems I have with uh, many people on my side of the aisle is they tend to not go for, like, you don't ask for what you want. You ask for more than what you want, and then you negotiate backwards to what you want. Um, so, so the ability to, to – that's, that's where I think one of the problems with the Affordable Care Act started is they should have started bigger. They maybe should have started with Medicare for all and then gotten back to the Affordable Care Act with a public option, which would have made it a lot better, um, and maybe getting rid of some of the other stuff. But you don't start where you want to end up. You, you start well beyond that. You, you give up some things. You, you have to give up some things. Joe, Liberal Dan is a great name. Love it. Thank you. Um, Bill P., I got Moderna regular and two boosters, and now my 5G is still not working. <laughs> I have two funny, cute videos where I where I'm after my wife. I got her shot, her first two shots. I, I took my cell phone, and after the first one, my I only had like three bars. I'm like, nope, it's not working. Sorry. But then, funnily enough, that after her second shot, I put my phone next to her as I was recording. I was like, oh, I have five bars now. Your 5G must be working. So, yeah. I actually got Novavax. I'm, I'm oddball. I, I, mine's not even under EUA at the moment. Mine is separate. <laughs> My, I, I, mine's not even an mRNA vaccine. So you would hope, I would think, I would have hoped that Novavax would have released their stuff with the EUA enough already. So just know that. The, the people with the conspiracy theories of the mRNA stuff would be like, okay, well, I'll take the Novavax then because it's not mRNA. But now at the, we're at the point now where there's so much damage done by conservative activists against these vaccines that it would be very hard to convince anybody to take one, even though all the reasons why they're not taking them are just full of baloney. But anyway, back to the, the topic of uh, liberals and progressives and leftists. And one of the reasons I started thinking of this was the criticism that, that I sometimes have of people who call themselves leftists, of people who are, who like, will say the word, have you ever heard the term, the words, um, I owe nobody my vote, or no politician is owed a vote. And, okay, it's true. I don't believe that any politician is owed a vote, but they would do that and be like, well, what? But then they'll go follow up like in 2016. Well, Hillary has to give me a reason to vote for her. It's not, I'm just not going to vote against Trump. And I'm like, well, I mean, the reason to vote for Hillary, even if you believe half the things the lies that they say about Hillary, the main one of the main reasons to vote for her is three Supreme Court justices and Donald Trump not getting to name them. Right, so so the, the idea that one would not would would be I need Hillary to explain to me why I need to vote for her, or I need Joe Biden 
to explain to me why I need to vote for him instead of just simply voting against. To me, that's a vote of privilege. To me, that's – my husband's CEO taught him, always asked for more than he did for a raise. And my husband asked for 50. His salary, I think, in 10 years, he got it. Valuable, never understood yourself. Wow. 50% more of a salary. That's awesome. I mean, I've, you know, I've gotten decent size. You know, I'm doing fine, doing well at my current job. Um, definitely higher than, than previous jobs that I've had. But, yeah, definitely never want to understand yourself. Uh, but anyway, back to the point. Um, is that it, it, people talk about privilege a lot. People talk about, you know, acting and not recognizing your privilege. But I think a lot of these people who make the argument uh, either don't understand their own privilege and don't understand why that argument is a point of privilege. Because if you, if, you, if, you, if you can feel safe enough in this country to not go and vote, and as Hal says, and I'll, I'll repeat this lots of times, and I'll repeat exactly how Hal says it as best as I can, um, when you're given the choice between two evils, always choose the lesser evil. Always choose the lesser evil. But, and, and if your choice is between the lesser two evils and you choose to not decide, you still have made a choice. And that choice is full That choice is harmful. And harmful to black people, uh, indigenous people, other person of color. Uh, that that choice is harmful to LGBTQA folks. The, the choice is so if you when you when you don't vote, you're you're voting against people who need your protection, who needs your voice to help drown out the baddies. So even if you're nonplussed about the idea of the candidates that are in there, like that's one of my biggest criticisms, I think, of, of some some folks who might be more left than me, uh, is simply that, you know, uh, they're both the same. Both parties are the two wings, same bird, they'll say. But at the end of the day, no, they're not the same. One party is trying to take away access to abortions, to birth control pills, to health care in general, to they want to they want to overturn all these Supreme Court rules that affirmed individual rights of freedom and privacy. So, so clearly they're not the same thing. You may think that both sides serve corporate, and I know that's a big beef by people on the left or people left of me is that they're corporate issues. And I have a problem with that too. I'd rather not see uh, the Democratic Party and the Democratic Party politicians pandering to corporations. But if you're going to have one side pandering to corporations and the other side pandering to corporations, pick the side pandering to corporations that also protect body, you know, the systemic violence that takes place in our system against uh, black people, Latino people, indigenous people, people of color. So it's not the same. They're not the same. But while I talk about all that stuff and while I talk about how, you know, I wish the individuals would stop, you know, would, would stop voting with their privilege and vote instead on behalf of people who are not privileged and who need help, I also think that we can't spend too much time arguing with each, with each other. So getting people to anybody who's the center and leftwards of center – uh, getting them to all get on the same page is like hurting cats. The right wing, they fall in line. 
you know, that's what the poorly educated do. Not to say everybody on the right is poorly educated, but Donald Trump loves the poorly educated, and he loves them because they fall in line. He loves them because they, they'll believe the bullshit that he's, that he's bringing. They believe everything that he tells them. Everything says She goes, I asked her, did you vote for me? I sincerely like to ask you your vote. I can't. This person was charged on the floor. On, on the, I remember it was the fourth floor, the fourth Clara Center, I think is, 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 is the wing. The four Clara Center or four Clara West was the name, was the wing. And this was like what? This was in 2004. So 18 years ago? Yeah, 18 years ago. And I remember the floor that she, that she worked on. That's how much this affected me. I can't vote for anybody unless the, unless the Republican Party tells me who to vote for. Think for yourself. But clearly, I, mean, I would think that somebody who made it to the point of being a charge nurse would have the ability to think for themselves. But I guess not. So clearly, she didn't vote for me. And clearly, I didn't win because I was running against a very popular jindal. I still think it's important to get Novavax approved. I think it will help with some of the hesitancy. I don't understand what the problem is. It's approved everywhere else. I know, and I'm in, I have some socks in Novavax. I wish the hell some good news would come because I missed my opportunity to sell at 1000 up, and, and now I'm like 1000 down, and I'm upset with myself. Um, let's see. That's why I don't like that they didn't want Hillary. Um, <laughs> Bill P. Can DeSouza be charged with mule abuse? Maybe. Um, Bill P. I just saw the Eastman emails. It's so sad that there's more and more evidence to charge these people, but yet nothing. Um, I have to look up the Eastman emails, I think. I don't think I've, I've looked that up yet. The New York Times is all over with Politico. We, we can do a search on that, and let's let's just take a peek and see. But, okay. Problems we have with each other. And then I, I problem with that is like that, that's what we're focused on. Then going to ignore a lot of stuff that people in Eden want to happen, and that's, that's potentially a problem. But recognizes that harm that is working against is greater than harm of all can.
based on the absolute percentage those candidates otherwise receive. Wow. You'd be left with a significant Trump lead that would bolster the argument for the legislature to take a slate of Trump electors. Perfectly within your authority to do anyway, but now bolstered by the untainted popular vote. The untainted popular vote, which would then be tainted. Eastman wrote in December 4, 2020 email. <coughs> the exchange is part of a batch of emails that came to the University of Colorado, where he worked at the time he was helping Trump ways to remain in power. Most press by the Colorado Institute said last month. The mask robs you of one-third of your oxygen. It forces you to rebreathe your own uh, pathogens and CO2. That's a very, very slow, slow form of murdering a human being. Now, they're taking away the baby formula. This government is, you know, secretly organizing a food disaster. They're coming after all of us. You know, they want to keep murdering these little babies, and they keep throwing Molotov cocktails at police and all kinds of stuff out there. They're going after the Supreme Court. This is war, brothers and sisters. The deep state satanic government alliance is planning to destroy our country. And they exist. They're alive. And they're accused of the crimes, us of the crimes that they're committing against us. You know, another thing I want to tell you, by the way, brothers and sisters, they love their uniform. Their uniform is a mask and a hoodie and gloves. Just like all the mules in that movie, 2000 Mules. And they have an operation going on throughout the United States of America. And the police in this country need to track them down and put them in jail. Just like they need to take those people that are, are attacking the Supreme Court judges' houses and put them in jail. There's laws against that. What, I mean, you know, why? how can they keep telling our military and our local police to stand down when we're under attack, brothers and sisters? This has to stop. We need to stop, you know, what's going on in the other parts of the country here in Jefferson right now. Protect our churches. Double the security guards at all the churches. Look what they're doing at the churches. And over this abortion thing. It's a big, huge distraction. And you're right, Jeff. They're getting ready to tell us that, oh, we got to uh, get more shots. And there's a new variant out yeah. there. There is a variant out there. It's a very, very mm. evil government that's out there trying to do this to us. So wake up, stand up, rise and rise up. Put in the mind of Jesus Christ and the yes. poor on the Lord. Rescue their shit and defend the helpers. And get out there on the battlefield. That's right. Mm-hmm. Arm yourselves and learn what Jesus wants us to do. That's the way we can survive. Amen. And this concludes Words of Redneck Wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Yes, 
I listen to the whole show, so y'all don't have to. Uh, wow. I mean, and this guy calls up. He always has the same sort of quick talk, like, wake up, brothers and sisters. We need to, we need to do this. We need to do that. We, and he's, the other day, he brought up the idea that, that the, um, he, 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 he basically made the claim that the problem with the hepatitis outbreak amongst children that is going on, that there, is, there are increased numbers of children who are coming up with hepatitis. And he said that the reason for that is because, um, he said the reason for that is because of the vaccination. Well, a simple internet search would find that the median age of the children who are dealing with these hep- this hepatitis outbreak are people is three. You can't get the vaccine at three. That's the median age. So, and the highest age is six. Now, ages five and six can be vaccinated, but the majority of the people who are the kids who are dealing with this hepatitis outbreak can't get the vaccine. So, the claim that the vaccine causing it is clearly full of crap. But this guy is full of conspiracy theories, as you just heard. I mean, the mask conspiracy, the, I mean, this guy, I feel sorry for this guy because this guy did lose his wife during the pandemic. Um, but he believes that he lost his wife because the vaccine killed her. And I'm, I'm not convinced of that at all. Uh, you know, conservatives, many conservatives tend to have this idea that, uh, or confusion where they confuse causation and causation. They'll say, okay, somebody took the vaccine and then at some point later they died. So that means the vaccine caused the death. No. <clears throat> Let's see. It's daily news. It amazes me how people get distracted and angry by the hack of Hillary's emails rather than the content. What? I don't know what I still don't know what you Daily News says perhaps she didn't want to hurt your feelings, so she gave that what are you talking about? What 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 thing are you responding to with who not wanting to hurt my feelings? I think I missed something there. Um he have been wearing a mask every day since organ transplant in twenty seventeen. I wear an oxygen monitor. It never has been below ninety eight percent saturation. Yeah. And the idea that you make it by breathing in your own um, toxins or whatever he said makes you more sick is absurd. You're not going to get more sick because, you know, something that you would have coughed out landed on your mask. It's silly. Yeah. It amazes me how people slip on and on about Hillary's emails. Well, the reason I bring up Hillary's emails sometimes is, is because people use them as an excuse to not vote for Hillary. And now for every bad thing that we see, because we had Donald Trump in there for four years, uh, I'll, I'll post a, but her emails, like the, my favorite one is where it's like high water and you only see the tippity top of the sign and the tippity top of the sign says, but her emails. Favorite meme to work, uh, to use when, when, it, when discussing things that could have been rectified had uh, we had people voting for Hillary instead of switching from Bernie to Trump. Now, and again, is that you know, do I what, back to the topic where I was talking about was do we do you is focusing that is is bringing up that fact that Pete has found uh, reasonable to bring up or is it just going to cause them to to argue? Do we have it, it, there there are some there's fragility in lots of places. There's fragility in uh, clearly on the right. You know, they don't like to criticize at all. You criticize them, they, they they just get defensive or whatever. You have male fragility, you have white fragility, you have all sorts of fragility out there. But 
there's also fragility on the left. You know, if, if you are critical of somebody on the left, especially maybe perhaps some of the younger crowd of the leftists, sometimes you get bad results and you force them to, you cause them to not want to work with you, not want to cooperate with you, and just want to reject you and because you're listening to them. And, and everybody should be listened to, and we should all be discussing the best ways to improve this country, to make it better, to fight these encroachments on our liberties that conservatives are trying to push. How much is too much and how much is not enough? Like, do you just look the other way while people are doing things that are non-constructive to the group? Like, I think one of the best, one of the examples is, like, I think there's, if you want to talk about, like, what's going between Hal and the Turks, like, you know, clearly, I think I align more with Hal, even though I'm probably to the left of Hal, and but like Anna Sparian or whatever on Young Turks is clearly to the left of me. Um, but and I don't want to get in the middle of all that. But like, how much of the complaining about what the Democrats do or don't do is too much? Or, or, or how much do you have to just deal with and swallow? Like, I mean, today, like, I'm good friends with Demonox, the Brian, the first liberal and radio patron. Uh, he, he's not apparently in chat today. I'm hoping he's okay. Uh, but he's not He's not in chat today. But, you know, he doesn't like Biden. He, he voted for Biden, I think, over, definitely over Trump. But he's very upset with Biden and Biden's ineffect, ineffectiveness uh, to get things done. Now, I, I, he, he clearly wanted Bernie. That's fine. I would have been happy with Bernie. I would have happily voted Bernie if Bernie pulled off the win. But when I bring up why Bernie lost, they don't like it either. Um, but, like, I don't know who would have been more effectual. I don't know if Bernie Sanders would have gotten the nomination. Would he have? Would he have been able to get more senators, or would he have got less senators? I don't know to tell. I don't know if Sanders running in Georgia pulls enough people for him to win Georgia. I don't know if it pulls enough people for the Democratic senators to win Georgia. I don't know. I have that information available in front of me. I don't think we can speak to that because we're not on Earth too. Or we're not on the alternate version of Earth where Bernie was able to pull that off. So it's it's a very hard assumption. It's very hard for me to think that somebody that anybody in this particular circumstance could do a better job at what needs to be done than Joe Biden. Now, was Joe Biden a little uh, overly optimistic about his idea of being able to get to work together with? Uh, the people on the Republican Party because he served in the Senate with them so long ago? Yeah. He was very overly optimistic about that, and, and too much so. I, I well, One of the things during the campaign I would shake my head at was him going, I will work together with, like, Mitch McConnell or whatever. Like, no, you won't. Because Mitch McConnell that you worked with is not the same Mitch McConnell as today. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is, is an obstructionist and is somebody who will prevent you from getting any, everything he can from blocking. He will stop everything he can and not let you get a single victory in because that's how the Republicans are today. Even though that show that I got that clip from earlier to, or just uh, just played, 
that host called Mitch McConnell a rhino. He doesn't believe that Mitch McConnell is a true conservative. That's how far gone the conservatives are. And that's one of the things that I find amusing when we have such fighting amongst liberals and progressives and leftists and people who are like, don't call me a liberal, I'm a leftist, or people who are upset about, you know, being mistaken for one or the other, or the, 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 the large amount of fights that we have as the three of us. The people on the right are so far gone. They're so far to the right that the differences between a liberal and a progressive and a leftist are inconsequential to them. Because of the because of the vastness, the vast distance that they're away, whatever big differences exist as we're looking at each other are nothing compared to that distance. Nothing at all whatsoever. That person would call us all socialists. They do call us all socialists. They call leftist socialists. They call progressive socialists. They call liberal socialists. They call Biden is center left. They call him a socialist for frick's sake. I mean, the idea they don't, they use words they don't even know what they they mean. I played that clip from that <clears throat> cash money guy from that station who uh, who was you know having a big problem with me or whatever. But he even said he what he he looked at socialism as socialism was authoritarianism. He's pushing for socialism, but he didn't realize that because. I'm going to cry you. Not being, uh, that's not me arguing semantics. That's me arguing facts and you arguing that you're calling something something that it's not because you don't understand what that thing is. You don't know socialist, so you're not, not actually calling things socialist. <clears throat> Let's see. There's go on and on about Trump working for Russia. Is Trump asked Russia for help fighting Hillary's help? I mean, it's like you listen to my podcast. It's like you listen to my show. Yes, that that it was him reason that was working. There's other evidence of Trump working for Putin. It's just that was an example from the campaign, from the campaign of him. What did Donald Trump? No, he did. Donald Trump is the help. There you go. That's all you should need to know that Donald was making Russia help. What did Donald Trump do? Donald Trump destabilized NATO. Or to destabilize NATO. Who is from destabilization now? Trump, not drilling, oil as a strategic gas. Doing what we also asked, why did Putin go into Ukraine now? But he didn't go under Trump because Putin didn't have to spread a, a single red penny. I don't know if that's an appropriate term. Putin didn't have to, to try and increase his sphere of influence and gain more power for himself during the Trump presidency. Donald Trump did that all for him. Donald Trump weakened NATO, attacked NATO members, made it made the alliance weaker. Donald Trump looked the other way for news in Syria. 
And one of the things I was thinking is like maybe during flu season, since we showed how social distancing and masking can stop the flu from spreading because during COVID we didn't have much flu um, because we were social distanced and wearing masks, uh, that maybe people would say, hey, that works. Maybe we can do it again to reduce the flu deaths, reduce flu sicknesses as well. But of course, no, the, 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 the conservatives take that as a conspiracy theory. Oh, well, they'll be like, oh, well, what happened to the flu? Well, that must have been, it must have turned into COVID then because they don't like to understand things. Let's see. Aaron West, my dad did the Bernie Trump flop. Uh, Julie, anybody, let's see. What happened to the bust statue Trump stole from the White House when he left? I don't know. Um, oh, Daily News, the news you spoke of when you ran for office. Okay. Um we didn't really discuss much in the way of policy, though. I'm, I'm thinking that I'm, not, I'm thinking that she was she was being honest. I was assuming I'm assuming she was being honest with that the reason that she had to vote for she had to vote for whoever it is the Republican Party told her to vote for. Uh, let's see. Do Aaron? Thankfully, my dad fell tonight. Thank goodness. Um... Trump rallied about Hillary smashing phones. Now his phones are missing. Trump always projects like a dictator. Yep, that's true. Many times what and that's and that's the weird thing because in that little words of redneck with him, he was like, the liberals are always doing what they're claiming that we do, but that's what the conservatives do. Um, Nadia, Biden is to the further right than the Tories in the UK. He's not center left. I mean, okay. At the point that I wanted to make earlier, and thank you for bringing it up, in American politics, Biden is center left. In American politics, Bernie is leftist. In European politics, Bernie is center left. So, like, I was talking about, but so, so when we talk about people on the political spectrum, that you do have to talk about American politics or global politics. American politics. We are we consider ourselves more left than the world politics. Biden is still center left, and that's that's my point. Uh, let's see. Along with yeah, I don't it hasn't got enough play. The seven hours of missing tapes or the seven hours of missing phone logs. Why why that should be getting more airtime? And I heard about it a little bit on the news. But that should be getting a lot more airtime because that's definitely suspicious to, for, to to not hear anything for those hours until Donald Trump decided to say how much he loved the people who were invading the Capitol. Um, Bill Barr should be mis- should be charged for misleading the public on the Mueller report as it shows connections to Russia that Barr did not disclose. Uh, Trump ignored American servicemen getting killed by groups paid by Russia to kill U.S. soldiers. Uh, Craig Unger's book explains how Trump's uh, been a Russian asset forever. Started with the TVs bought for Trump hotels. <laughs> Be an interesting read. I'm I'm, I'm sure it's true um, because he's he's isn't he indebted to like World Bank and to a bunch of and or to a bunch of Russian oligarchs? Isn't that part of the reason that the only place he could get loans because he was too busy defrauding everybody? That now uh, they probably said, look. You know, we loan you all this money, but we uh, 
you will run for president now, and, and we make sure you win, because we need, we need America in our pocket. We're not going to call in debts unless you win. So you win, we don't call in debts. You lose, we call in debts. We call for kids. Uh, moms, Julie's went to my mom's store on the ballot. Uh, time, Russia, Billboard, FBI, you'll get some insight into other fake billionaires that control the major media outlet. Funded by Kremlin through venture funds. Um, the news, Trump got Germany to stop buying oil from Russia and buy from us. Uh, there's videos of Putin singing and speaking in perfect English. He sang it as some Frank American song, Blue Gray Hell. I thought it would be a, a, a funny karaoke. Uh, of course, usually I was going to do it, and uh, <clears throat> I wouldn't do that. I found my thrill on Blueberry Hill. On Blueberry Hill, where I found you. It's not how I would normally sing it in karaoke. I'd probably <clears throat> just do the Louis Armstrong. I found my thrill on Blueberry Hill. There you go. <clears throat> my impression of the night, or other impression of the night. Daily News. Trump did not start any new wars. What new wars did Biden start? Daily News. I don't think Biden started any new wars. I mean, a new war started when Biden was president, but it wasn't Biden's fault. I'm starting it. Uh, let's continue to scroll down. Uh, Trump negotiated the pullout from Afghanistan. Biden just honored the agreement against Blaine. State Department and DOD testified in fact. Absolutely. Um, and really had, Trump just whittled us down to very little troops and then expended us to, you know, he wasn't wanting to pull out totally. Trump's pullout is not strong. So Biden COVID and COVID vaccine distribution network. There was no vaccine distribution network um, when when Trump left office. Biden had to do that. And Biden was like, look, we're going to get these vaccines distributed and we're going to do 100,000 or 100 million in arms by X day. And then he got 200. He doubled his goal. Jolie, are you laughing at my impression because it's bad, or are you laughing at my impression because it's good? <laughs> um, Trump administration took one of the most aggressive actions against Russia, according to the news. Which, what, uh, what action was that, the news? What aggressive action did Trump take against Russia? I want to see what you think that is. Um, Trump has played on those. We'll take it. China never before bought beef from us, from U.S., until about me. It's not a huge – it's probably because uh, – I don't know. Looking at Trump, maybe that, maybe he's good at some, you know, at some point, and then he figures out a way to, to cash out from beef sales and have his company go bankrupt. Uh, Trump is selling our corn and beef to China while COVID was spreading to the U.S., and he was denying it. Uh, Trump did actually – Yemen put more into the country, just like COVID people died with COVID, not from COVID. <sighs> that line is so – Daily News, you're better than that. Maybe the people in the chat might believe that, but better than that, Daily News. Look at other diseases. 
HIV, for example. A lot of people get infected with HIV, die of pneumonia. Because it weakens the immune system, making you more susceptible to other things. So a lot of times you have HIV, die of pneumonia. It is correct to still say that you die because you got HIV. There are people with lifelong conditions that are well managed who got COVID died because the COVID made them weaker. The COVID took their well-managed situation and turned it into a bad one. Those people died of COVID, not with COVID. Are there people that died with COVID and not of COVID? Sure. Absolutely. I think there was a case of somebody, there was a motorcycle accident. The guy went to the hospital from a motorcycle accident. He also had COVID, so they treated his COVID, and then he died of the injuries from the motorcycle accident. That would be somebody who died with COVID and not from COVID. And But still, you have to put on the death certificate, like there's the first line of the major causes of death, and then you have the second line where you put like the, the other things that you might have had that may or may not have contributed to death. So that second line will still put COVID because it was found to have COVID. But that is a death with, not from COVID. But there are plenty of people, conditions, who were who they were well managed, well taken care of. They were they, they had plenty of years ahead of them because their conditions were well managed, well taken care of. And then what happened? They got COVID because somebody couldn't be bothered to wear a mask, somebody couldn't be bothered to social distance. Virus spread, people died. And Donald Trump, I'm not saying he's to blame for every single COVID death that took place during his presidency and shortly thereafter, but I will say that he's responsible for a crap because he put it into people's heads that you don't need to do things to protect yourselves. He mocked mask using. He didn't want to, I don't want to stand behind the resolute desk. Uh, he, he, he was a small salesman pushing hydro. Hydrochloroquine, pushing, um, injecting people with disinfectant. Like, he, he would just sell bad things to people. And and people then continued to, to, he said, and he said, and I'll say this time and time again. I knew what Donald Trump meant when he said that the response to COVID is the Democrat hoax. Is the Democrat hoax. I knew that he wasn't saying that the that the virus was a hoax in and of itself. I knew he was trying to say that, you know, I guess it's overblown, so to speak, because he likes to sugarcoat things. But I also knew that as soon as he said what he said, that the Democrat response to the virus is a hoax, that all his listeners, all his followers, all his supporters would hear was the virus is a hoax, and they would continue to believe that the virus is a hoax and, and, and would just not believe anything else that he said. Because he's their Christ. He's their God. He's their one who they worship. And so him saying that was probably one of the most irresponsible things that he did. Further, he admitted to Woodward that he lied, that he told the American public that it was not bad, that it was no worse than the flu. But he told Woodward, it's much worse than the flu. But again, he likes to sugarcoat things so much that he has diabetes or that we all, we all should have diabetes at this point because he kept misrepresenting the threat, downplaying the threat, because he didn't want people to see 
what we were going through as a nation on his presidency. That's when he he admitted to begging the people to stop testing, slow down the testing. He said he didn't want more testing; he wanted less testing. Why? Because more testing would reveal the amount of testing that truly existed in this country. Yeah, what we needed was more testing from as soon as we get, because that would have allowed us to surgically handle. Uh, like a surgical strike and go, okay, well, the outbreak is bad here, so let's deal with that. Maybe we shut down that town, but not the entire country. But no, he didn't want to test because he didn't want people knowing the numbers because he thought that would hurt him, even though in reality, knowing where the virus was and effectively dealing with it would have been the thing that could have helped him. But um, rants. I know I've said this before on the podcast. Um, Diabetics would have lived if they would not come down with good exactly hide in the shadows. Jolie, because it was good and funny, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, one time I was at karaoke and I was doing Wonderful World. Um, and there was uh, three people like at the corner of the bar. And I'm up there, I'm singing, my, I'm singing away, I'm doing my Louis Armstrong imitation. I'm not having a sore throat, so I'm doing better than normal. Um, and then all of a sudden, the one guy turns around and faces and his jaw hits the floor, or would have if it could have. And after the show was, after the song was over, he came to me, and he's like, I was talking that whole time, or for the first half of your song that you're singing. And he goes, and I asked my people why they're playing Wonderful World on the radio. And they're like, that's not the radio, that's the dude singing. And he turned around and saw me, and his jaw dropped. And like, there's another time on a cruise, we went on a cruise, um, Royal Caribbean, I think in 2019, um, clearly before the pandemic. We're going on a cruise in June, July. I'm, I'm mildly worried about it, but I think we'll be okay. Uh, anyway, we're going on a cruise. We went on a cruise. Um, I did karaoke on the cruise, and one of the songs I did was uh, Wonderful World. And this, and this was neat because it wasn't just regular old karaoke. It was live music karaoke. So I had a band behind me as I was singing. That was really freaking awesome. So I did Wonderful World, and then I did Take On Me. And, you know, Take On Me has that, like, really, so, and, like, the next day I saw the musicians, uh, he was helping with one of the auctions or something, and he was like, how do you do that? I was like, how do you, how do, you do the graspy Wonderful World voice and then do the Take On Me? I'm like, well, honestly, just drink a lot, mostly water, sometimes alcohol, and just keep it all wet, and that way it'll, it'll be good. But I was that it has a career as a personal musician. Was asking me how I did something musically, and I'm like, it's so weird. Anyway, all right, let's go. Uh, there's no no missing pages from January 6th White House board logs report. Really? Sure. Um. What are we back to the Muslim ban too? <laughs> and I love when conservatives like on TikTok, I, I made the statement about how Trump was being bigoted about certain things. He's like, there because this is the way conversation always goes about this. Um, they're like Democrats called Trump bigoted when he tried to implement a travel ban to China during COVID. They fought against him taking action against China, against travel from China. 
And it was in effect, is not effective at all because we already had it and it didn't prevent people who were staying in China from coming in. So it wasn't effective. But, but I was like, look, when Trump proposed that, we had no reason to believe it being bigoted. Why? Because he ran on the platform that included total and complete ban on centering the country. And he ran on, ran on how Mexico was sending murderers and rapists. So he had two xenophobic, bigoted planks to his campaign platform. So why wouldn't we believe that his ban from China, travel from China would be different? And every single time I say that, some conservative goes, he didn't say that. He, he only had travel from seven countries, just like Obama. He didn't say that. And then I go and I find the clip of Donald Trump reading from his own website for a total and complete blah, 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 of Muslims entering this country. His words. They always find a way to write it off as that's not what he really meant, or but he only had to, they, they've never read that they were wrong. But Donald Trump was bigoted, and why would we believe that any other actions would not have bigotry hooked into it if it could? Do the scale of long COVID is enormous and is only bigger, according to Nadia Chambers. Um, probably. And look, I, I, a weird situation in that a few months ago, like maybe in February or so, maybe a little beforehand, um, my son tested positive for COVID. Um, and he had to stay home for school. And my youngest one did. But none of us in the house tested positive. We all tested negative. But he was the only one who didn't have symptoms. Me and my wife were both sick as dogs. Now, I didn't feel like I felt when I thought that I had COVID back in January, but more like an upper respiratory infection, less of a lower respiratory infection. But I was tested. I was tested twice. And it turned out that I was negative, had a negative COVID test. Now, my doctor seems to think that it's very possible that I still had COVID and just got a false negative. Um, maybe it's possible that this cough that I have is just a symptom of some sort of long COVID. I don't know. Um, but it's a very long, prolonged cough from whatever it is that I had back in the spring. It's, it's really bothering the crap out of me. I'll see. There's sweet sanctions against mushrooms of Russian President Vladimir Putin circle, along with top officials and several businesses, including state-owned weapons trading company. <clears throat> now, let me, let me tell you daily news. Now, are you sure these were friends of Putin? Maybe Putin wanted these people out of way so Putin could have more power. Yes. Um, let's see. If you, uh, Daily News, I don't know if you've provided resources because if you share links to the to the chat, they're not going to show up because it doesn't work like that. So let's let's just see. Trump. Uh, what did you What did you put? Sanctions against Russian in uh, against Putin in her circle. Four six twenty eighteen. Trump administration on Friday sanctioned seven oligarchs with close ties to Putin, including Putin's son-in-law businessman, with links to the 2016 presidential campaign, further widening the gap between Trump's rhetoric and actions towards Russia. Included are the sanctions as Oleg Deripaska, billionaire connected to Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort. See, see the news. 
you're, you're missing something in your in your, in your thing. He didn't Putin was going after Trump was going after Putin's inner circle because Putin's inner circle was connected to him, and he wanted to try and make it look like he had nothing to do with it because old Oleg over here, Oleg Deripaska, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, I'm sure I'm not. Maybe I need to pronounce it in Russian. Oleg Deripaska, a billionaire, connected to Paul Manafort. <laughs> Bye, Aaron. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Thank you for joining. I appreciate it. Appreciate you, especially. Um, you're awesome. Thank you. Anyway, so Manafort's relationship with Deripaska is under scrutiny from special counsel Robert Mueller. Uh, the sanctions are sure to heighten tensions between Russia and the U.S., which have escalated even as Trump himself makes diplomatic overtures to Putin. Last month, Trump congratulated Putin on his win in an election widely viewed as a sham and invited Russian leader to the White House. Days later, the administration expelled 60 Russian diplomats in response to a nerve attack agent on a, whatever. We seek, we seek a better relationship with Russia. That can only, oh, as the senior administration official wasn't Trump saying it. Um, but yeah, he didn't go after Putin's inner circle because of he was going after Putin and being tough on Putin. He was covering his own ass. He was covering his own ass. That's that's it. When you said sanctions, Daily News, you said sweeping sanctions against Russians, members of Russian Putin's inner circle, along with top officials and several businesses, including state-owned weapons trading company. That's it. That's the words you said from the article, and you're, you're trying to say that. But no, Trump didn't have sweeping sanctions against Russia to harm Putin. He did it to help himself and try and bury the connection between Manafort and himself. So... See, so far, what about the burner phone reported by Rubenstone? Could be over six hours. The blackout was due to the burner phone. Burner phone gate. <laughs> um, Daily News. People were upset when Trump was pushing a vaccine. See, people made the comments about Trump and the vaccine because, like Kamala Harris said, that she wouldn't take the vaccine just because Trump said so, but she would take it if Fauci said so, because Trump was somebody who was trying to tout snake oil. Take hydroxychloroquine take what's the the horse dewormer or the one that's based off horse dewormer and that you know there are versions for malaria that people take but the people were literally going into animal supply stores and taking horse dewormer whatever ivermectin you know trump pushes all that snake oil stuff so why would then i believe that trump was being legitimate about a vaccine that we should take so no i, I wouldn't listen to trump when he said take the vaccine it's good I promise you it's good. No, I would, but I would listen to experts on pandemics and on virology. And if they said the vaccine was good, I would take it. And that's why I took it. Uh, let's see. What else? Scrolling back through. Aaron left. So I said about it. Aaron. Uh, I didn't say anything about the Muslim. I know you didn't say anything about the Muslim ban, but, I'm, I'm, but I just brought it up. But I'm talking about the Russian, the so-called sanctions where Trump was so hard on Putin. He wasn't hard on Putin. He was covering his ass. Yep, Bill, Joel, I'm repeating. I got there. Um, and look, if you have a doctor and you want to listen to the doctor and that doctor wants to prescribe ivermectin, I have no problem with a doctor prescribing you ivermectin that's a literal in a literal bottle 
of in drugs produced for humans, produced for human consumption. I'm not going to have a problem with that. Now, uh, if, if if you're a doctor and you want to prescribe ivermectin in a hospital, and the hospital's like, no, this is not this is not officially allowed for use for COVID, so you don't get to do it in our hospital. I'm fine with that too, because that's the hospital's right to say that. But I am going to mock people who went to an animal supply store who say, oh, I'm going to go get me this horse dewormer and think I'm going to be okay. Yeah, right. So the sanctions is running a little bit by the party to help avoid focus on one person connection to Manafort. Mexican works just those as mules are worm-free because of it. <laughs> Good one. Um, you can tell people he's not up because he will never mock him. That's a good point. What, what Trump say about that? What would he say? It is what it is. Um, let's see. Hunter Shadows, if you even get a channel, you have got a subscriber in me. Is that from uh, Toy Story? You've got a subscriber in me. You've got a subscriber in me. Oh, my. That might be, I don't know, I take that the wrong way. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah, so let's roll back to the kind of maybe finish up the conversation that I was trying to have about um, working together and not working together. Like, I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where leftists and progressives and liberals get along famously and perfectly. I don't think that's ever going to be a truth. I think that there's, you know, the, the more separation between us, the more things we'll have to pick on each other. The more uh, you know, a leftist, somebody who's, who's extreme left might, you know, want to see like radical revolutionary type stuff going on, um, whereas maybe a progressive like myself would be pragmatic about where we're going, and a liberal might be even more cautious than that, and the, those caution, those little caution might tick off the leftists. The the vitriol that comes from the leftists might aggravate the the progressive or the liberal. And I I, I don't know how you you make that so it all goes away because it probably won't. Um, but I think the most important thing to take into consideration and, and to and is that you know I'm kind of just like when you when you agree with somebody. 95% of the time, disagree with them about 5% of the issue. Nine times out of ten, just focus on things that you agree on and just let the disagreements just be disagreements and be things that, okay, maybe we can circle back to this later. But let, let's let's focus on the things that work together and the things that we agree on. Of course, it doesn't work every case. Of course, there are clear circumstances where individuals will um, – there are clear circumstances where individuals will – will um, do things that are so horrible that you can't overlook it. And that's fine. And, and you don't have to overlook every single thing in the, to the sake of getting along together. But at the end of the day, I think that's why, like, me and, and Brian and, and uh, Nimbosh, the host of most of the Percy podcast, I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, we get along together. It's like, even though we disagree on some things, we work together and agree on so much other stuff that we don't argue too much about 
those disagreements, and instead we talk about the things to agree on. So uh, I think if we can do that, if you know, if we can, do, and one of the other things to take into consideration, and the problem with labels in general, which is the title of the podcast, is that labels can many good describe made a role perfectly described, perfectly described. So many times, so many spaces between the labels that don't where where one but one fits close enough that that's what you use, but it doesn't fit perfectly. And so it's also valid to use a label, but not quite yet be exactly that label. So maybe you are like between a progressive and, and a liberal, or maybe you're between progressiveness and leftist, or maybe you're kind of up here where it's like maybe more gray area of all of a combination of the three. Maybe you touch different parts of, of each grouping with separate policies, but Maybe one of them you agree with the most. That's why you call yourself that. But in reality, you're, you're, you're kind of a taste of all three. So I think that's one of the things that we all need to understand is that labels are not perfect. There are a lot of people who live between the labels and are valid in, in doing so. And we need, to, we need to work as hard as we can together to make sure that we can, you know, keep Congress blue and prevent what's going and, and try and fight against what's going to happen uh, in June with the Supreme Court ruling and work to, to protect the existing rights while working to enshrine those others that people have worked so far for. Let's see. Sanctions are siege warfare on the scale of national territories versus individual cities. Or I'm not sure what the point is there. Um, most effective way to administer horse dewormer is to put a tube into the horse's nose to its stomach out of horse of 20 years, that's how we did it. They're using it wrong. <laughs> Let's see. Chairman, my name says it all. Hide the shadows. I keep my identity somewhat hidden, but thanks anyways. Um, Trump supporters were upset with Trump. I mean, Trump supporters, there there are, I've listened to like, there's one, one of the guys who's been banned from Twitter. I think his name is Joshua Bernstein. Uh, I've, I've played one of his clips on the show. Oh, we got a caller. Hold on. Um, I've played one of his clips on the show. Um, but yeah, I've, I've heard conservatives who are like, I support Trump a lot. I don't like that he pushed vaccines. Um, a lot of people support um, like Donald Trump, but don't like that he's endorsing Do- uh, Dr. Oz. There's apparently another person in that race who they like better. I think Jeff, the guy I know locally, had one of the people either had one of the people on the shows or had somebody on the show talking about one of those people where I think her mom was 11 when she got raped and the person who's running for the Senate is a product of that. And I'm like, look, I'm not going to begrudge somebody for, for delivering whatever. It's fine. I think it's morally abhorrent to force an 11 year old to gestate the harm that the harm that can be done to somebody who's 11 years old far exceeds anything else. So while I, my personal beliefs are that abortion should be available with no exception hundred percent of the time, because those so-called solutions, those so-called exceptions that they're so worried about only happen in medical necessity cases. If your law would force an 11 year old rape victim to take the term, yeah, you suck. And I'm not going to agree with you. Let's see. 
I'm not really convinced that Democrats are operating in good faith about Russia or about anything. We'll, we'll get back to that. Uh, but we do have the call. Um, caller, what's your name? Where are you from? My name's Joe. Hey, Joe. How's it going today? Okay. So, of course, you're going to be discussing Roe versus Wade and uh, probably some other issues. So, yeah. um, Roe, Roe versus Wade is a tempest in a teapot. Roe versus Wade means that the federal government isn't going to have control over that particular issue, but it's going to throw it back to the states. Now, nothing wrong with doing that. As a matter of fact, the state should have sovereignty over their own particular um, area of space on the okay, planet. Let's, let's, and, let's that. That's good. One. Uh, you say I can't hear you. You say states should have sovereignty over those issues? Um, yeah. I, 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 the idea, now states get powers from the Constitution via the Tenth Amendment, so we'll agree on that, I'm sure. Um, I don't call them states' rights. I call them states' powers because people have rights and states have powers. But states have authority granted to them by the Constitution to act via the Tenth Amendment. Um, okay. Now, but why, why would a state, if something is a right, if something is an activity or somebody is a right, why should the state be considered to have the power to restrict that right? Or shouldn't the state have the requirement to prove that they have the authority to restrict an action by an individual? And otherwise, should that action be considered to be a right? Because my problem with the Alito, the, one of my problems with the Alito the, ruling, yeah. the state one of my problems with the Alito ruling is simply that it's simply that yeah. Alito said that individuals should be required to explain to courts, to explain to the courts why they believe a certain activity should be a right. And to me, if you're conservative, that line of thought should be abhorrent because to me that's saying government has the authority and, and, and people have to prove that they don't. When in reality, it, what should happen is government should have to always prove that it has the authority to restrict whatever action it's trying to restrict. As I said earlier in the show, when it comes to things like you know, murder and rape, very easy to, for government to prove. Government has the authority to protect people from other people, or entity, people and entities from other people and entities. But shouldn't government have to prove that it has the authority to prohibit an action instead of individuals having to prove that they have the authority, to, that they have the when, right yeah, to do When the action? government is being sued, whether it's the local government, the state government, or the federal government, then they have to prove their case. Um, they should have to prove their case. Actually, if you're going to sue them, it's a it's a civil matter, and the um, and the plaintiffs they usually have to prove the case. But the government should be able to uh, to prove the case. In other words, they should have to. When the, we've been around for uh, since 1776, or even prior to that, if you take a look at their Articles of Confederation, um, the authority. Well, the Articles of Confederation were 1776, right? No, the Not Constitution was 1776. No, the Constitution, Constitution was 1789. 1783. Now, those were the Bill of Rights, I think. 1776 was the revolution. It lasted for seven years, 1783. And then the Constitution came in and in 1789. The Constitution right, was ratified. The Bill of Rights came in later. So, um, this supposedly is a social contract. If you're going to be a... Um, 
a spoonerist, person who believes in Lysander Spooner's uh, philosophy of anarchy, since nobody signed that particular constitution, uh, us, uh, the, um, the descendants, we don't have this social contract. But that's another discussion. Let's just assume that the Supreme Court and the other branches of government are working somewhat, mm, somewhat well, somewhat. Okay. Uh, the authority is given them, the authority should be given to them by the people who are willing to be governed. If you're not willing to be governed by that authority, then you're supposed to have sovereign, sovereign powers, but we all know you don't because the authority is given to the, to the people who have guns. They're the ones with authority. They're the ones with the power. Um, it's like what George Carlin said. We don't have rights. We have privileges. Unalienable rights, it's a nice expression, but unless you can defend it, you're going to end up in somebody's gulag. So we have privileges. Now, getting back to Roe versus Wade, um, I'm for abortion, but not for reasons 99% of the people would even think about. Um, but when you were talking about that 11-year-old who was forced to have uh, give birth, she mm-hmm. unfortunately was probably um, in a Catholic family. Catholics, is, uh, they're, they're the very strictest of the Christian religions, and they believe no matter what happens to you, you have to take... Um, the abortion, to ter- not abortion, but take the uh, the child to term. I think they may right, have well, been changing their uh, their uh, their ideas lately, but um, that's what that's what with, that's right. What, well, the Catholic Church won't allow you to target the fetus or the embryo. The Catholic Church, like if somebody yeah. has if somebody has uterine cancer and you have to remove the uterus uh, that has a fetus in it, uh, but you're not targeting the fetus itself the Catholic Church will be okay with that procedure because you're not specifically targeting the uterus. I mean, the fetus, I mean, you're not targeting the uterus, and it's just a byproduct. Of the, the termination of the is a byproduct of the procedure. But the Catholic Church otherwise says you're not allowed to have an abortion for any reason, even if even if you're, like, if, even if, if you are raped. Like, an ectopic yeah. pregnancy. And even if you're raped, exactly. Uh, but there are, yeah. there, there, there are a lot of... The church has a lot of Catholics who... Don't. Hey, um, you're breaking up. What I'm going to do, I'm going to call back in in a few seconds, um, and then okay. uh, you can pick up again, all right? Because uh, I all can't right, hear you. Good. All right. Okay. Can anybody in the chat, is everybody in the chat having problems hearing me, or is everybody in the chat okay? Um, just want to make sure that I'm coming in fine in the chat. Uh, let's see. Nadia Chambers, uh, about anything, they just cave to the right too consistently. All right. Well, I mean, Yes, I wish the Democrat Party, Democratic Party had more of a spine when it comes to different things. But at the end of the day, the Democratic Party is the only thing you have currently dealing to fight the Republican Party. So if you're not, even if you're not going to join like what Bernie does, Bernie runs as a Democratic Socialist, uh, but he caucuses with the, with the Democratic Party. Uh, so even if you're not going to join up with him, you know, you, we need to at least work together as, as Democrats to, to deal with the problem. That are being caused by the Republican Party. Um, that if you had more leftists and progressives joining the Democratic Party, you would move the Democratic Party to the left, which would benefit us, I think, everybody. Uh, but let's just understand that if we have that, that there is room between the labels, and labels are often imperfect. Uh, Daily News thinks Dr. Oz is a quack. Well, okay, there's two of us and probably more than us. 
Daily News says no law would even be proposed, such as the 11-year-old years. But that's not true. Again, as the caller who just called back in stated, there are people who believe in a policy of no abortions without exception. Uh, Bobby Jindal, who ran for governor of Louisiana, supports the idea of no abortions, no exceptions, and using his Catholic faith uh, as, as, a, as a resource to, to support that stance. And that stance um, would force an 11-year-old rape victim who was impregnated to gestate to term. And that's morally abhorrent, and that shouldn't be allowed. Um, so you say it wouldn't happen. It's good. It happened. The, now, I think the Mississippi case, you may be able to make a case, even though the 11-year-old wasn't – the rape exception isn't in the Mississippi case. You may be able to make the exception for the life and health provisions that, that are contained in the Mississippi case. But in the Louisiana case – uh, basically, the Louisiana law that they want to push, they're saying that there's no abortions, no exceptions, and you're even punishing the person who obtains the abortion with murder. So there's that. Okay, so we're back on with the caller. Um, I hope you can hear me better. Um, yeah, you're a little bit better. It's my fault. Right. It's my app. So don't worry about it. The thing That's is, fine. getting back to the to the uh, to the morality of abortion, with Catholics, you are born to suffer. Supposedly, you are released from original sin, but then again, all of a sudden, you're born, you've got original sin again, and you were born to suffer. So if you suffer, tough. That's their premise, okay? Mm -hmm. So anything that happens to you, okay, you can search out a good life, a great life, as long as you worship God. But if you suffer, well, too bad. So that also applies to uh, people who are going to suffer as a result of unwanted pregnancies via rape. So that's the Catholic uh, foundation for that. Um, but with Ro, you know, where you were leading with your question about should the states have authority versus the uh, federal government? Well, if the federal government has the authority over the entire 50 uh, states of the union, that means somebody like Biden or anybody else that people don't like as a president and the other people who occupy the other branches of government, they dictate to everybody what is good or bad. However, if you take away that power from the federal government and give it to the states, maybe you have three, four, five, six, seven, or eight states that are bad, but you have other states which are good. So you at least have some sort of choice there. Well, that's, well, that's to me, especially the, when you have the 14th Amendment into the mix, into the mix, I would say, yeah, states have the authority to do certain things. And we might have good states and bad states. But you also you have the federal government there, as not not necessarily to run everything, but as a check to basically say, okay, if a, if, if 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 bad state decides that they're going to deny equal protection law to the citizens of that state, then the federal government gets to come in and stop that. The Constitution grants them the authority to stop states mm-hmm. from denying people equal protection under the law. So that's why that's why if the law is that's why the Fourteenth Amendment exists. And that's why we that's, have the that's why I believe that. Hmm? If the law is constitutional, and that's why we have the Supreme Court to determine whether or not the laws under uh, under any kind of locality, municipality, or federal government are they constitutional? So, if we don't have the Supreme Court, then the states, cities, etc., they can run their um, their particular territories anywhere they wanted to, and we can't have that either. Theoretically, we're supposed to have checks and balances between the three branches of government. We don't, but that's, what's the, that's what the theory is. That is, that, that is the theory. Yes. Okay. All right. All right, so 
Do you have any other points to make, or because I don't want dead air? <laughs> oh no, I was. If you want any feedback on that, but I got, um, I can talk about politics and. Well, let me ask you this: What do you think is the most pressing problem facing America today? Honestly, I think that's a. I mean, everybody will. Everybody, everybody likes to say the economy. I mean, everybody will answer that question: the economy, um, because whatever hits your pocketbook is is what you see most frequently. Um, but honestly, I, I think um, I think it, it, it's it's hard to answer that question simply because of the fact that there's there's a a lot that's wrong. And B, there's a lot that's important that you don't want. You, you, you answer the question, you say what, you know, maybe your pet thing is this time of day or this time of the year or at this particular time. But there are plenty of things. I think we can walk and chew gum at the same time. So, you know, I think right now as this country we're facing um, issues with, with just issues dealing with, you know, what's the role of, of government in, in human interactions, um, what – Overall, does government have the authority? To, what government authority exists to prevent human actions? What, you know, what, what should government be stepping in and stopping? What should government be stepping in and protecting? Um, why, you know, a lot of times that people like will talk about like big government and and, and oppose like if the federal government, like I said, you said if the federal government bans something or allows something, it's nationwide. But if but if you leave it to the states. You say it, it, it might have good states, you might have bad states. And well, I mean, if you have bad states, cause some people aren't necessarily mobile enough to leave those, those states to the good states. But regardless of the equal protection argument, um, you know, one of the things that I've found is that, yeah, you know, a bigger government at the federal level might be more powerful than smaller governments. But smaller governments, as you get more and more local, that's the direct impact that you could have on an individual. Like go all the way down to like the tiniest government, like your, your little homeowners associations that people have and people will use power in those things greatly. Go to your little fiefdoms. You look like in, in Louisiana, we don't have counties of parishes in Jefferson, in Orleans parish. It's one, it's one municipality. It's one city. Jefferson parish. You have the Jefferson parish government that covers the entire parish. But you also have like little cities like Gretna and West Wego and Kenner, where all these little fiefdoms pop up, where all these little people have their own little, you know, little control of their own area. And it is, to me, those areas were needed at the time because of how far apart some cities are from each other, so they could be able to handle those within their borders. But you often find, you know, these people or these government entities finding excuses to act and finding excuses to restrict individual behavior uh, or, or acting in ways that, that harm people in their areas. Like, for example, Gretna, Louisiana, um, is one is very well known for uh, mistreating the uh, blacks who happen to be driving. Um, a DWB, a driving while black, is not a good idea. Uh, I could talk, if I did bring on, if I'd have on my friend Don, Nick Yost, the host of the most with Percy Podcast, uh, he could he he could say about the three times he's been pulled over in Gretna just for driving around and not doing anything. Um, so again, it's a very you know what government has control over you know is a big issue. The role of government is a big issue. The economy is a big issue. Um, I don't know. I, I think just 
I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to question. I, I well, all of that you mentioned, everything that you mentioned is under the subcategory, which is which I consider to be the biggest problem, and that's corruption. Because if you have scumbags in Congress, scumbags as mayor, scumbags as governors, then it doesn't matter how good the, um, the supposed laws are uh, because they can corrupt them. They can change them like they did prior to the election in 2020 when the um, federal election boards of the swing states changed their laws unconstitutionally in order to allow for mail-in ballots and absentee ballots. So um, the little fiefdoms you're talking about, they do have more of an impact on the local citizens there, but we can't forget that the fiefdoms are, have to a large degree, are under the authority of the mayor. The mayor is under, to a great degree, under the authority of the governor. And the states, which, of course, like the cities, they always spend more than they take in in taxes. They always look to the federal government for a bailout. And when the federal government gives them the money in order to bail out their stupidity, there's always strings attached. And when there are strings attached um, to that degree, it means the federal government runs the state and runs the mayor and runs the, um, the, the, uh, the cities. So that's just the way it is. That's the way politics is run. You want my money? Then you got to scratch my back. If you don't scratch my back to the degree I want you to, the money gets withdrawn. So, in essence, most states are under the power of the federal government. And I don't, I happen not to like it. I'm not a conservative, I'm not a liberal. The label that um, anybody can put on me, which I gladly accept, would be that of a libertarian. So, um, me, I don't like the government in our business at all, except to protect our borders um, and to protect us from the enemies within and without. Everything else should be done by the states, by the cities, because then the people have more power to overrule the corruption that's there, as opposed to having that corruption coming down from the, uh, from the head, which is, Capitol, which is Capitol Hill and the presidency. So those are my viewpoints. Right. I started in many states a situation where um, the folks, um, and again, both sides do it. It's been my experience that uh, there's one side that's much worse than the other currently at this time. Um, and so if, if you're able to, so you end up having, it be much more difficult for the citizens of that state, for example, to act and, and overturn the, the actions of a corrupt government if the government is drawing the lines and choosing the voters and packing people into certain districts and <clears throat> or splitting people out of certain districts to make sure that they can maintain um, a majority not a majority of people for them in the election. Like, for example, with Wisconsin, Wisconsin for their last their governor the last time um, you had a the Democratic governor won, uh, and more people voted for Democratic legislators than Republican legislators in the Wisconsin House. But at the, if I'm remembering correctly, but it should be because I mean it should line up with how the governor's race ended up. But you still ended up having a large majority of Republicans controlling the House because of the I'm sorry, but I have such a bad connection. I, you're, you're breaking up again. Again, it's not your fault. It's probably my fault. Uh, new phone, sure. and I'm using an old app. 
I can't hear you. So I'm going. I'm sorry. I'd like to hear your reply. Uh, but since I can't hear you, well, maybe, I'm maybe, it'll, maybe if you listen to the replay, or maybe if you watch on YouTube, you might be able okay. to get the end of it. But look up stop2.liberalband.com uh, is one of the things that one of the project projects that I've been working on about. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I I'll tell you uh, what I'm going to do. I have another. I have another phone line I'm going to use, and I'm going to call back in a few seconds, and hopefully that well, line will I'm, work. If it doesn't. I'm going to have to hang up on that. So well, I'm going to call back in the on show that soon. I, I, was, oh, I, was okay. about, I was about to end the show before <laughs> I saw your call. I was about to end the oh, okay. show before I saw your call, so I'm probably ending the show soon anyway. But maybe try back next week because we're probably going to be ending soon anyway because I have some other stuff to do before I go to bed. So, uh, But I thank you for oh, calling. Okay. Uh, thank you sure. so much. Tune in next week, every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central here on Blog Talk Radio, or you can watch on YouTube as well um, and subscribe on the YouTube channel as well. Appreciate you calling in. I do again. One of the things that I like to say, I'm going to put you mute. For a one of the things I like to say, um, and I've been talking to people who've been criticizing on TikTok, for example, is simply that um, you know people call in from different opinions for myself. I'm not going to berate them or, or or criticize them out of hand. I'm going to have a, a nice, calm, rational discussion with them, and we may disagree. I disagree with with the last caller on the idea about the 2020 actions being stolen or being unconstitutional. Um, we were in the middle of a pandemic. I think there are reasonable actions that government should be able to take to protect the citizens during a pandemic to make sure that they're them exercising their rights to vote, um, you know, do not interfere with their ability to have their votes heard and their vote, the vote, their votes cast. So did Jolie got to go have a dentist appointment? I have a dentist appointment on Friday, unfortunately. So I feel your pain. Thank you, Bill, very much. Uh, let's see, Bill P., city manager of my hometown, came to my house to deny my permit to put in a wheelchair access to my property. He said that local law superseded state and federal law. Clinton informed him of ADA. Wow. That's cr- Again, no, as I said, local governments too many times, like when, when conservatives talk about, or he wasn't a conservative, but he's libertarian. I'm some people would wonder what the difference is. I understand that there's some um, libertarians tend to be more hands-off when it comes to like government restricting their act- individual activities. But um, yeah, what I was saying to, saying to the caller, you have a situation where you know the, the, a lot of people who are conservatives or libertarian-minded folks think that a, a strong federal government is bad because power should be you know locally dealt with. But when power is locally dealt with and that power is bad, you need to check on that power. You need to, the state needs to be able to come in and stop the city from doing that. And if the state refuses to come in and stop the state from doing the bad thing, the federal government should have the ability to come in and stop the state from, from, from doing the bad thing. So um, I really don't want to get into the whole Bernie thing today. <laughs> I, I really do want to um, – I really don't want to get into why Bernie lost. It's too much. Uh, that's too much to go into at the end of the day. It's about, they argue fetal personhood from the moment of conceptualization. They'll say it's sad just going through it, but it doesn't justify killing the baby. I don't know who, what group. Oh, you're talking about the people that would ban abortion. But yeah, obviously, you know, they'll talk about fetal personhood at the moment of conception, fertilization, uh, but they won't do things like, you know, if you had a, if you had a, a, a freezer on a cart, that you could push. Uh, and then you had an infant in like a NICU cart that you could push. 
let's say each of them had their own generators, but you only pushed one, and you had a burning building, and you had the decision, save a freezer full of 100 embryos or save the baby in the NICU cart. You could only save one. You could only push one out of the building. Which one do you push out of the building? Guarantee you, you're picking the infant. You're not picking the freezer full of 100 embryos, which says that the infant has much more value than those frozen embryos right there. But, of course, that's just one example of why conservative arguments often don't allow themselves to be realistically applied because they're not consistent in any way, shape, or form. Um, So we can talk about – maybe we can talk about the primary – now it says something about the primary machinations versus Bernie were bad. Um, Maybe we can get into a little bit more about that in the next show. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, But I do want to go ahead and do have some other stuff to take care of tonight. I do want to end this show. I want to thank everybody for – uh, joining in. Um, thank you, everyone. For, for If you haven't subscribed to me on YouTube, please make sure to subscribe. Uh, YouTube.com slash Liberal Dan Rio. If you haven't liked the video, make sure to give it a like as well. Um, watch some videos on the channel. Share them with your friends if you like them. Um, trying to build this up to be a very, very successful thing, and I can only do it with your help. So, again, next week, 8 p.m. Central, blogstalkradio.com slash uh, Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter, on TikTok, Facebook.com, LiberalDan.com. Well, next, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. On the left, that's me.